This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. I think there's a clear message today uh, how Josh was just feeling that, didn't want to go on, that God has us, has us in his heart. And then Allison coming and praying today that what God, she was saying, God, what do you want to know today? And uh, what do you want to tell the people? And it was so clear that God wanted to say, you are on my heart today. And I just don't believe in coincidence and um, at all. But before church, um, these two ladies right here from Heritage Woods, uh, we bust them out and bring them out every, every Sunday. Thank you, Petersons, who do that. Give Tim, Tim Peterson a hand for that, bringing those guys out every week, wherever he is. Where are you at, Tim? Are you in here today? All right, I'm not sure where he's at. But anyway, those ladies came up to me, and to be honest with you, when they did it, I was like, oh, okay, thank you, because you sometimes don't know. But they came up and handed me a red rock, and they said, this signifies the, the blood of Jesus. And they handed me a red rock, and they said, Pastor, God wants the people to know that their heart, this rock, is in his hands today. Is that, is that a coincidence that three people would have that on their heart that haven't even talked to each other? So that should give us, if you're hurting today, or you've got something very difficult that you're going through, or maybe your heart is cold in the Lord, or maybe you feel distant or away. How many know what I'm talking about? You just get that way sometimes. Everybody does that. You know, even your pastor has that happen sometimes. But just know today that our hearts, our hearts, I want you to picture your heart, I want you to picture your situation, I want you to picture your circumstance, I want you to picture maybe a hard heart like this rock, maybe your heart seems cold and indifferent. Anybody ever go through seasons where you feel cold and indifferent like the Lord's a million miles away? Anybody ever been through that? Amen. Today I want you to just close your eyes one more time and, and just really with faith. You know, there's been times in my faith walk, there's been times in my faith walk that I really have felt like giving up. You, Pastor? Absolutely. There have been times in my faith walk that I really felt like I didn't have hope, that I wanted to give up. And I could hear God saying, son, you can lose everything. You can lose everything. But don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. I'm the author. I'm the finisher of your book. Son, I know you're hurting. I know you can't feel like you don't see me now, right now. You don't understand what's going on. You feel like I'm not there. I'm not. Everything's out there. Brian, don't lose faith. And the scripture says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? And what the devil's out to get is your faith and your hope. And I'm not talking about where you just say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's where you're like, man, my situation's so bad, I'm losing my faith. So right now, say, Lord, I hope in you. I trust in you. My faith is in you. Though morning lasts for a night, 
weeping lasts for a night. Joy comes in the morning. Amen. I'm not hyping that up at all. There's a movement in the spirit on that. If your heart feels cold, if you feel away from God, if you feel distant, I want you to close your eyes and say, Lord, I feel distant. Lord, I feel away from you. I feel very hard. I've, it, it seems like forever since I've hungered for your presence or I've longed to be with you. I, I've let the world kind of make me numb where I'm just kind of going through the motions. I want you to know that Adam's body was a created dead corpse on the ground, created by God, but then God blew the breath of life in him. And right now, you that feel dead in your spirit, you that don't feel alive, you that feel callous, you that, that definition I've been given, this is by the spirit. Right now, the Lord breathes life into your spirit. There's a wind blowing right now. Blow within my spirit. Fan the flames. Fan the flames. Fan me into flame. Take the ember and the coals and blow upon me and fan the flame in my heart, O oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give, it all, we give it all to you today. Lord, we thank you for the supernatural that's happening in feet in this room today. We thank you about the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us today. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray today that the word would... Everybody close your eyes and, and, and ask this, that the, that the word would bring focus to me today. That the word would bring balance to me. That the word would pull me, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm kind of out on a loop, that the word would pull me and I'm a straight arrow to God today. Lord, let your word move me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak this morning about giving yourself away. I want to pick up from and keep going with a sermon that we left, that we started with last week. I want to talk about what things would look like if we really made that decision to truly give our hearts away. Jesus told pa Peter, he said, hey Peter, anyone that keeps his life for himself shall lose it. In other words, we stay with me, myself, and I, and we keep it, and we're only about self and selfie we're going to lose it we're not going to have life but it says but whoever gives his life truly unto me he's going to find that true life and i'm telling you today that if you really want to find what truly living is it's in giving yourself away to the lord in romans chapter 12 um, paul was so emphatic and he was he was very passionate and he said i beseech you and when you look at that beseech it's almost like he grabs your shoulders and he shakes you and he looks you in the eye i beseech you i urge you i i i want to convince you by the mercies of god that you now present your bodies back a living sacrifice to the lord holy and acceptable which is your reasonable service how many say that God has saved me from the pit? 
that God has taken me out of a world of hurt, that God has put a new life in my step, that God has given me a direction and a hope, and God has restored all things to me as a person, and I'm happy today because of God. How many have that testimony today? Amen? Amen? Then, then the reasonable service of us, the reasonable thing, it stands to reason. The next thing we need to do is we need to say, Lord, say it with me, Lord. Say it louder, Lord. Lord, I'm here to give my life back to you. Now give the Lord a hand clap. We praise you today, Jesus. Man, what would our world like if we did that? What would it look like? I love how Paul encourages Timothy, his son in faith. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse, uh, chapter 16, 1 Timothy 6, 6, verse 17 through 19, he says this, command those, a very strong, firm, command those who are rich in this present world. And remember, we define rich as if, that we live, if you look at the wealth of the, of the whole world, how many know that we are a rich nation? And you're rich if you can always see somebody that is less fortunate th than you. Amen? Somebody say, I'm blessed. Amen. I'm rich. So Paul said, command those. Command those. Strong verbiage. Command those. I command you. Paul said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Don't put your hope in your wealth. Don't put your hope in your wealth. How many know that your wealth can be gone in, a, in an instant? Don't put your hope in your wealth, which is so uncertain. But put your hope in God who richly provides everything that we need for our enjoyment. Where does our enjoyment come from from this scripture? Our hope in God. Does it come from a, 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 a big fat paycheck? Does it come from a great job? Where does our hope come? Where does our wealth come? Where does our riches come? It says it comes from the Lord. So don't be arrogant in this. For it's God that gives everything for our enjoyment. And then he says this again, command them to do good. Everybody say to do. To do good. To do good. To be rich. Here's what we're supposed to be rich in. We're supposed to be rich in what? Everybody say it. I can't hear you. We're supposed to be rich in good deeds and to be what? Generous. And to be what? Are you stingy today? Are you a hoarder today? We look at television and we see the hoarders where you can't even get through the, the, the room because it's hoarded with everything they have. Is your life hoarded with everything that you have? Are you a hoarder? Do you have everything that you want? Amen. God tells us to be willing to share. Because there's two reasons. One, we're going to lay up treasures as a firm foundation for this coming age. How many has got some treasures laid up in heaven? Let me tell you, you can't take it with you. You can't take your bank accounts. You can't take your houses. Why are we spending so much health and wealth and time for things that are just going to burn? What does it do if we gain the whole world and we lose our families and we lose our marriages? And we lose our most importantly thing, our relationship and walk with the Lord. I command you, I, I, I urge you to take focus today and not get caught up in the snares and the web of this world and this world system. 
separate yourself and sanctify yourself unto the Lord who is holy. Lay up for yourself treasures in this coming world. Are you all with me today? I'll tell you what, sometimes I like just preaching the word. Amen. So that they that take hold of this, take hold of it. When you take hold, somebody take hold of this truth, then this is living now, baby. This is truly what living is. Hey, Tim, remember, it's not about stuff. Hey, Tim, remember that living is, 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 hey, Tim, remember, living is when you discover that you are rich in good deeds. Living is when you discover that you are wealthy in generous acts and good to other people. Living is when that you are loaded in others-oriented. That you have the bling bling with irrational and extravagant giving. That's rich. Are we busted and broke and willing to share and give our life away? Paul was urging Tim that. And that's all through the Bible. Look at Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 and 25. It says, give freely and you become more wealthy. Be stingy and you lose everything. The generous... Well, what? The generous will prosper. Amen. Those who do what? Those who do what? Will what? Amen. How many need a refreshing? Refresh others. I believe sometimes that when we get our focus off of our situation and put our focus on others' situation, there's a refreshing in that. I believe that. So, so he was saying that, giving of your resource, giving of your time, giving of your talents. I want us to discover or re rediscover that truly living, brothers and sisters, is when we are giving ourselves away. So we all have some to-dos to do. You know, that's been on my heart all week, and I, I, I wanted to go on with this, this man message. There's many to-dos to be ready to do. And to be ready for what needs to be done. I want to say that again. It's been on my mind all week. There's many to-dos. We have a to-do list from God. There's many to-dos for God. There were to-dos for you last week. Did you have eyes to see them? Remember I challenged you last week that, that God would give you eyes to see. And remember I talked about Gail, my camping partner. How I, I wasn't even wanting, I, I wanted to unplug, but, but I, I can't help it. I just see and I hear my head's on a spindle. When I walk in a room, when I go to Walmart, when I go to McDonald's, when I, when, anywhere I go, I'm always thinking about others. I'm always saying, Lord, how can I give myself away? I'm always carrying a $20 uh, bill or, or, or money in my pocket to where I can say, Lord, let me just walk up and give it to somebody today. I, I'm always ready for that. I'm always ready to say, uh, hey, John, you did great with your kids. Don't condemn yourself. They're coming back to you, which I did on a camping trip. And it just set a man's heart ready. But how many opportunities are right before our eyes, just like Jesus was right before the religious leaders of his day, Jesus, the one they preached about and talked about and memorized scripture about in the Old Testament, he was right in front of them. 
and they didn't even know who he was. They crucified him. How can God say in 1 Samuel chapter 3, when the prophet of that time, God called to him three times and said, Samuel, Samuel. And he went in and asked his teacher, Lord, did you call? And his teacher said, Lord, I didn't call you. Go on back to bed. Samuel, Samuel. He went in to his physical teacher and said, Lord, did you call? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And finally, his teacher realized that God was talking to him. Brothers and sisters, how many of you, how, how many of you is God speaking to you? Is God got it to do to you? And I'm telling you that hell and the stakes are high. That people's souls, very eternal souls are in the balance. The other day I got a call and, 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 a, and, a, and they said, when I was on vacation, said, Pastor, would you call this person that, that, that's going to commit, that's very depressed and is going to commit suicide? And the person I asked that asked me to do that doesn't even go to church. And they said, hey, would, doesn't even go to church, but knew where the answer was. Will you, go, will you call the guy that is wanting to kill himself and talk to him? You know what, I put a couple of, uh, uh, of days off because I knew it had been going a, a year and I thought, no big deal, I, I, I'll get with him. Then I get a phone call, we haven't found him for 16 hours. And the, the, the police and everybody's looking for him and everybody thought, boy, I hit my knees in prayer and said, oh God, did I miss, did I miss something where a soul, where I might have potentially helped a soul that was going into eternity that I didn't take the time and I didn't stop because I thought I was busy or into this to do that situation and I'll tell you what with, with, with me there's so many that hit you you can't do all of them see when if all you guys bring me my needs I can't be I can't meet all your needs there's not enough of me and so so you're up here looking at me saying well my gosh something like that you ought to take care of that when you got 50 of them hitting you a, a day of just people asking you stuff, and then, uh, I mean, you, you, you don't have time to do them all. That's why we need the body to reach now. I'm asking you, is your head on a spindle? Are, are, are we listening to the Lord? Are we hearing him say your name? Thus and so, thus and so. I have this to do for you to do, and I need you to be available to do it how many's tried to walk that way last week I want to tell you something I don't I don't enjoy just preaching up to hear my head rattle and I don't, I'm not trying to be ugly right now I, I I don't believe in ministering so we can come together and say oh boy we had church today and everybody feels so good let's take the word out and believe that your pastors are hearing from God and take that word out and try to live it that week and I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is for us, is that there are some to-dos that we need to do, and that we need to be ready and available to be there for those situations. I'm, guys, it, it takes all of us. I, I, I just wonder if, if, I just wonder if, 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 we, if we let one go by. If there was a nudge. If there was something, 
And I'm not trying to condemn today. Listen, I'm not trying to condemn. I'm trying to get you to think. So he said, command them that are rich to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and to be willing to serve. And then Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, for it is by grace that you have been saved, saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Look at this, not of works. Well, you're sitting here telling me to do works, to be rich in good deeds. Okay, this is not talking about, will works save you? No, you're saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ. But look what happens. Here's what happens after that. After you're saved, not by your works, so that no one can boast. Look at this. For we are God's handiwork, created. We are created in Christ Jesus. Look, say it with me. We are created in Christ Jesus in advance for us to do. Everybody say to do. Good works which God prepared for in advance, advance in, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's read that again. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus right here, to do. Everybody say that loud. To do. To do what? Which God, you all believe that? Do you really believe that? Do you believe that there is a work prepared for you? Do you believe in God's infinite wisdom and his forecast and his ability to, to see into the future? Do you believe that it's God's will that every single person should know Jesus Christ and go to heaven? Do you believe that's his will? Do you believe that he knows the very hairs upon your head? The scripture says that he counts them. He knows the very hairs on your head. Do you believe that you are the apple of his eye? Do you believe that? that? That he knows the hair in his head, that we are the apple of his eyes. Do you believe that a soul is important to God? Do you believe that God wants anyone to burn in an eternal fire? Do you believe that? So I'm telling you that God has prepared things for you to do. He has set situations set up. He has opportunities in advance set up. He's got, he's got roadblocks and you're the roadblock. He's got plans and you're the plan. He's got words and you're the words. He's got hands he wants to touch with and you're the hands. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it in advance because he wants all of humanity to be saved. But he needs you. He needs you. He needs you. He needs me. He needs you. He's prepared these things. My goodness, that pastor is a little too wild for me. I think it's time to get passionate about the things that really matter. Man, I see the stadium rocking last night as Tennessee's playing. Who were they playing? Virginia Tech. Man, it's rocking. They're all talking about the decibels and how the stadium's shaking. Let's let this stadium rock today. Man, our 
our tr- we got to get alive, church. Who wants to be a part of something that's dead? Dead religion. We need to have something infectious and contagious and something that people want. Praise God. Application. Had to blow out some cobwebs out of the carburetor. <laughs> Application. Application. Here's the first one. When, my, when I give my life away, my life becomes a pointer. When I give my life away, my life becomes a pointer. This is living a life where you just simply point people to Jesus. So many, so many people's lives are pointed to pain, are pointed to destruction, are pointed to struggle, are pointed to hurt. So many lives are pointed to suffering and anxiety and debate and issues and fear, stress, condemnation, you name it. That's where so many are pointed. That's where so many people are heading. We need some Christians to be a North Star. We need some Christians. And when God said North Star to me, he said North Star is something that people, that the navigators, they trusted in. That it was a solid, that it was a steady. And through the storms of life, they could see that North Star and they could set their course. Do you know that we all know Jesus is the North Star, but do you know that you are a North Star? That you are a steady, you are a point, that, that people watch you, and that you are a point, something that can point people to Jesus. John 1, John, the next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, and he was a pointer, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. John was a pointer pointing people to the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the Lord. He said, if you'll go to him, he can take all your sins away. He can help you. My friend, you can be a pointer today. John chapter 4, verse 28, when Jesus went and met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, Jesus said to that woman, if you drink of this water, you will thirst again. How many know that's what the world does? If you drink of the world, you're going to thirst again. It doesn't satisfy. How many says the world doesn't satisfy? You drink of this world, of this waters, you will thirst again. But Jesus said, drink of me the fountain of living water and what? Say it again. Never thirst again. And then he told her, he, he gave her what Pastor Jim was talking about. He gave it a word of knowledge where he, he, she, he told her how many men and how many husbands. He, he prophetically spoke into her life. And then she received him the fountain of living water, and she ran off to town. The woman left her water pot, the scripture says. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city. And she said, my, this translation says to men, some of your translations says she said to the city, come and see, a pointer. Hey, come and see, come and see a man who told me all that I could ever be and everything that I ever did. Come and see a man that took this hole out of me and put in, fulfilled that hole. Come and see a man that totally satisfied and forgave me of my sins and put me on the right track again. My question to you is how many of you 
can be a pointer and say, come and see a man that you fill in the blank. What's he done for you? Has Jesus done anything for anybody in this room today? All right, give him praise. How many of you are saved today and on your way to heaven? Everybody go like this. Behold the Lamb of God who will take away your sins. That's being a pointer. Give the Lord a hand. How many of you have been depressed or sick or oppressed? Can you be a pointer? How many of you has God put a marriage back together? How many of you has God uh, uh, set you free from drug addiction? How many of you used to drunk till you stumbled and you used all your money for drunkenness? How many have testimonies? How many have a testimony that you've been, let's just put a good one, that I've always been with the Lord and I've always had peace and I've always been protected and I've always been safe and I've always loved him. How many have that testimony? That's an awesome testimony to come and see somebody that's been blessed from the minute they were born till the day that they died. Amen? It's a testimony. We point people to Christ. It's simple. Just be a pointer, man. Just be a pointer. The second one. The second one. The second one. <laughs> I like this one. I like this one. Number two is just be a sample. Just be a sample. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm not much for shopping. But Carmen's showed me some shops I really like. I, I, they're out there on vacation and they're at Costco. Amen. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I, I call them uh, sample engineers. Sample concierges. I, I think they're like sample specialists. And a big guy like me, he walks in these places and you, you start seeing these sample places and, and it's like, I, I, it's just like I'm mesmerized or something. I mean, the smell of food. I mean, I walk in, I, hmm. And I start walking and I, I don't even realize we're shopping anymore. And then here comes that specialist, big guy on aisle three. He's a candidate. We can get him by everything in the house. <laughs> oh, good morning. How are you today, fine sir? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how would you like to have a sample of what I've prepared for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I appreciate a sample. Uh, what do you have today? First of all, I want to tell you, we have this chip, and this chip is just for you. We brought this chip from the place of Belize. We brought it down on velvet-laid mules, and then we barged it over rhinestone barges, and we took it up all the way from Mexico, and, and, and we brought it through the five Great Lakes, this chip right here. We brought through the five Great Lakes, and we pulled into the port of Charlevoix, and this chip is here just for you. And I'm like, whew, pretty, pretty fascinating for, for me. And then she's like, and we've got Guatemala. How do you say that? Guatemala. <laughs> hey, you've heard of 
big country white boy can't jump. Big country white boys don't do good with speaking Spanish either. <laughs> She's like, and we have guacamole. Imported, and I'm like, now, I'm like, hola, senorita. Muy bien, muy bien. Augusta, Augusta at that point. I'm like, ooh, yeah, baby, bring it. And she's like, and the guacamole has this, these spices from India. Ooh, India, I've been to India. And they, they, they tell you all this, and they tell you all this, right on this chip from Belize. And we're serving it to you on this Vanity Fair napkin. How many know them things are 35 cents a piece? And you're like, man, you're, and they, they, they put it on this napkin, and they, they put it out there, and they're like, just for you. Would you like a sample? I believe I will. <laughs> and then I eat it, and, and I'm, I'm like you, Cindy, on selling a car. We, we learned last night, Ted, and, Ted doesn't take Cindy to the car dealer because she sees the car she wants, and Cindy's like, I want it in blue. And Ted's like, man, woman, I wanted to haggle a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so, so I'm like giving it away. I'm trying to hide it. And, and all of a sudden, and then she goes, gee, she's just a little sample. And then, and then she pulls me around to the side. She, she, she takes me around to the side. And everything she says, the chips, the Vanity Fair napkins, the guacamole sauce, the spices, it's all right there. And she's and me are like putting it in the cart. And then I look down the aisle and I'm like, want you to want the whole. Somebody give the Lord a hand. A sample is enough to where people want the whole. Can I tell you this something, something today? Sometimes we don't have the whole answer. Sometimes we don't know how to tell the whole story. Sometimes we don't even know how to lead them to Christ or how to pray or where the scripture is or where the verse is at. Sometimes we may not know what to say. Sometimes we don't have time to unpack it all. But I'm telling you, please, dear Jesus, let my life, as I give it away, let my life be a sample that when people taste, they will say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know the Lord's good? Sample. 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 All people need is a sample, just a taste. A little dab will do. And then they're going to be like, man, I want it all. I, I, I'm looking at you, Bill. Kelly prayed hard to get, didn't she? Huh? How many of you men, your wives, played hard to get? Come on, be honest. Your wife played hard to get. How many of you men say you played hard to get, buddy? Uh-huh. You know what? Most people that play hard to get, they want it the most. Amen? 
Those ones that play the hardest to get, that act like they're not interested, are the ones that probably the closest to get. Give them a taste. Give them a taste. And then number three, this is application. One, just be a pointer. Hey, how is my Spanish, um, Caroline? Hmm, need to work on it some, don't I? I was asking you how to say bu bueno last week. What was that one meaning? Huh? Good. Bueno. Yeah. Amen. So when we give ourselves away, we can be a pointer, we can be a sample, and number three, we can be an invitation. We can be an invitation. Um, Mark chapter 5, verse 18, says this. As Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. How many know this? How many know that? How many do not know this story of the demon-possessed man? Are you afraid to lift your hand? If does anybody not know that story of the demon-possessed man? Okay, a guy lived in the caves, cut himself. They they tied him up. He would beat people up if they walked down the road. Real dangerous kind of bike. Kind of like the, some of the guys that live in your neighborhoods. You know, uh, you want to tie them. No, you want to tie them up and. Well, anyway, nobody could do anything with this guy. What's cool is when Jesus came to the seashore, this man came running to beat the stuffings out of Jesus, too. And the minute he got to Jesus, boom, he fell to his knees, and the Word of God says he worshiped Jesus. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how bad people look, everybody can fall to their knees and worship Jesus. Amen? King of kings, Lord of lords. But as that was happening, uh, you know, Jesus kind of cast out like 2,000 demons. Do you all believe the Bible? A legion. How many is a legion? Anybody know? Huh? It's a lot. A lot of demons. How many say a lot of demons? Amen. Okay. Cast out these demons. Again, do we believe the word? The word says this. He cast out. And they went in some pigs. And these pigs ran over a cliff and they become bobbers floating bobbers in the ocean dead okay can you see all them pigs bellies up bobbing that's a terrible thought anyway anyway these guys were torqued off at Jesus because their livelihood just went off the mountain so they were ticked about that plus they were a little bit unsure about what they had just seen and heard how many has ever been in a, in a service, maybe like today, that's a little different, and you're like, hmm, I don't know about all that. It's a little more than maybe I've ever seen, or something like, man, they're lifting their hands or something. Sometimes if you're a little unsure, I remember when I went in a church, they were clapping their hands and lifting their hands and praying for the sick and stuff. I got up and left. I thought these people are crazy, and it scared me a little bit. So whether these people were scared a little bit, or they were torqued off because their prophets ran off the cliff. They were angry enough with Jesus. They said, get out of here. Leave our coast. Leave. Get in your boat and go. Am I telling the truth, you guys that read the Bible? Amen. Get in your boat and go. Well, the man that was demon-possessed, here's where we pick up. The man was demon-possessed, said this. As Jesus was getting in the boat, 
Jesus said, the man said, man, I want to go with you, Jesus. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. He said, you can't come with me. Go home to your family and tell them. I'm telling you that you are an invitation. Are y'all with me? You're a pointer, you're a sample, you're an invitation. Go to your family. Are y'all with me today? Go to your family and tell them what? What, what? what am I telling them? Tell them everything the Lord's done for you. Do you all trust the word? Hey, if we're doing evangelism one-on-one, here's how I want to teach you. Evangelism one-on-one, you that have been saved and something good's happened from you, if that's you, say amen. Okay, you can't go with Jesus, you, you can't go in the boat with Jesus, but I need you to go home and tell your family. Have you even told your family? Are you keeping it secret? You know, the man that finds the light and hides it under a bushel. No, we're supposed to let it shine. Have we even told our family? I remember when, I remember the days, how many remember the days where the dials were like this? <laughs> Chuck, let me tell you how old we're getting, buddy. <laughs> I went to an antique store the other day when I was on camping, and a guy about my age was showing his youngster how we used to have to put our finger in nine and go around, and the guy was like, do you want to try it? And I'm like, how hard is it? And the guy was like, well, I can't do it, Daddy. I, I, I can't. No, he wasn't. But he's like, it was hard to just go, one, two. You don't even know what I'm talking about, Derek, do you? No, you don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. Paige knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Derek's like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm a master. You don't even know what I'm talking about, Derek. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, uh, um, he, he's, he's he, this, 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 oh, I was down in Bible college now. And I was saved and seeing people lift their hands and clapping. And I was starting to experience that stuff. And then somebody told me about, baptism of the Holy Spirit thought they were crazy nuts at first learned about that got filled with the Holy Spirit started moving in God and understanding and learning things there was like a whole world opened up to me after I'd already been saved just a whole new world just kept opening to me and I oh man it's good it's good taste and see it's good it's good it's good I went street witnessing every Saturday I didn't know how to lead anybody to the Lord but I had my book in the back, and we could go through the steps. I'd go street witnessing, and in my freshman year, me and my partner, we got to lead 45 people to Jesus Christ on the streets. Okay, it was our practicum. All right, I'm calling home and telling mom and dad about this. We're talking about, have you told your family? Have you told your family? I'm calling home and saying, Mom, Dad, first it was a little awkward talking to them about it. How many teenagers a little, talk, a little awkward talking to Mom and Dad? A little awkward sometimes. It can, it can happen. It's neat when it's not awkward, and you parents, hey, you with the little ones, if you start them young, 
and you talk to them on the side of the bed, and you take these little ones, you can, you can put that in to where they are, Emily and Derek's age, and they do talk to mom and dad, and they do share. And we don't have kids say, Mom, Dad, you don't know what's going on, what I'm going through. I don't want anything to do with you. No. Well, my mom and dad, we didn't talk, share nothing, so it was kind of a little awkward even sharing. And in those days, how many remember you had two or three phones in the house? All of a sudden, I hear my brother's voice, who I partied with. I mean, his idea of getting me not to drink was he locked me in a garage with three 12-backs of Bud Light with my buddy and didn't let us out till we drank it all, thinking I'd get sick enough and never want to do it because he had an alcohol problem. That's the way he wanted to do it. He, he called, he said, Mom and Dad, get off the phone. And I was like, oh, crud. My brother Kent heard me talking about this, and I was embarrassed and, oh, gosh. If I'd have known he was on the other line, I wouldn't have told all that stuff. I, I'm, I, bet I'm, I bet he thinks I'm ridiculous. I mean, my brother's cool. I bet he thinks I'm ridiculous. brother I don't like where my life's at I hear what's going on in your life how many have had those talks led my brother to the Lord on the phone he became my roommate he had a good paying job he became my roommate at Bible college he pastors a larger church than we are today because I told my family have you even told your family you're an invitation I'll tell you what last week I was going to ask the musicians to come but I don't want to move the moment but last week or the week before I don't remember I went up to one of our church members and they said hey pastor I got a whole bunch of people coming to church today a whole bunch might might be a couple aisles a whole bunch of people that come into church today and I said oh yeah really that's that's really cool and I was thinking did I forget a baby dedication or was baptism today and I, I'm thinking what's the big I really was I was like what did I forget here and I said, what's the occasion? And he said, no occasion. We just love Church on the Rock. We love Church on the Rock. We love the worship. We love the message. It has changed our life. It has changed our marriage. It has, it has given us direction. It, we love our church. I love my church. And I've just been telling everybody how much I love my church. And they see the change in our lives, and they want to come. I'm telling you, you can be an invitation in two ways. You can be an invitation where you lead people to Jesus Christ, or you can be an invitation where you invite them to church, or you just tell them how much you love your church. You, you know what? You, you, I, I don't know any other way to say this. People.
people are brain dead if they tell people that don't know Christ bad stuff that happens at church or their pastor. That's brain dead. We need to be light and salt. Amen? So, so, so you can be an invitation by inviting them to Jesus, or you can be an invitation by inviting them to um, church. Guys, let me tell you something. If you want to go with what God's telling me in this church, He's telling me to get this church to connect. Even if you don't want to or think it's a good idea and you don't like Spring Hill Mall. If I was a lady, I'd say, honey, you're babysitting. I'm going to go hang with the ladies and have coffee together. You know what? That would be a super place to be an invitation to somebody. And you, you younger ones, we don't want women's gatherings just to be for people 40 and over, 50 and over. We, we want the young, young people to come. Am I right? Come, that's a great invitation. You know, a great invitation, when I get up here, I always forget names. You're, uh, Rebecca and Brian, Brian, my name. Huh? Brent. Sorry, Brad, I forget names when I'm up here. I forgot Angela again last week. Where's Angela? I remember it this way. Brad and Rebecca. Hey, Brad, you guys are kicking off your um, fantasy football. How many of you got doing that? Ten. I mean, I mean, there's things going on. You want to talk about somebody you can't get to go to church? Hook them up with fantasy football league. Hook them up with some stuff. Guys, I want to win people to Jesus Christ. I want to fill this church to overflowing, not so we can say, ooh, ooh, look how much people's here. Because every time we get another soul as the musicians are coming, every time we get another one for Jesus, we've just taken another one out of hell. Amen. I'm not sure yet, but I think next week I'm going to talk about gifts that God's given you to be able to witness and to be able to um, like tools, things God's given us to make us effective when we do step out there for God. How many has ever been afraid to step out because you're like, ooh, man, if I step out, what if he's not there? Anybody ever done that? Honestly. Well, what if I step out and he's not there? I'm going to tell you, he's always there because the Bible says this, faith is a substance. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. We must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. When you step out in faith, he will reward that faith action. Here's where we get in trouble is deciding what that reward looks like. We want this, this, or that's where you get messed up is when you decide, well, that reward means this, this, or this. Leave the reward up to Jesus. Step out in faith. When he tells you to put your hand over a bump of a baby and you're saying, what if God, you did that? Yeah. Put your hand over the bump of the baby and say, be God. If he tells you 
hold a rock up and say your heart is in his hands. I did that by faith today so that God could move. Everything's by faith. If he tells you something, just do it. Amen. Say, say this prayer if you want to. Think about it before you say it. Don't say something you don't mean. <laughs> say, uh, Lord, I want to give my life away to you. I want to quit being self-absorbed. I want to hear your voice of opportunity. I want to see eyes of opportunity. And I want to move and seize every moment. I want to seize every to-do. Every to-do that you need me to be, I will do. Say that again. Every to-do that you need me to be, I will be available. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord. You've never said, behold the Lamb, take away my sins. If you feel like that you have sin and that you are a sinner and that you are distant from God and you are away from the Lord, whether you've never asked Him into your heart or whether you knew Him in the past and you walked away, Every head bowed and eyes closed, would you raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor, today. Lift your hand up and say, I feel like I'm a sinner and I need Christ today. Lift your hand up, I'll pray for you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm away from the Lord. I'm away from the Lord today. You've pointed me to Jesus today. Father, in Jesus' name, that lady that lifted her hand I pray that you would give her the assurance of faith today Lord I pray you would fill her and that you would and that you would give her that knowing that you love her that you died for her and that you forgive her of everything and devil that holds the law of Moses and all of her failures and holds them up and says, you're guilty of this and this and this. We rip that up in Jesus' name. Because the scripture says that he tore that apart and he nailed it to the cross. We, we break that spirit of condemnation, guilt, and fear. And we give you a clear conscience in Jesus' name. Now. Now in Jesus' name. Praise God. We have a prayer team here today that they've been praying all week to get to pray with you today. And I'm going to call them forward in a moment. Here's the need today. We've known it all service. Some of you need to know that your life is in his hands. Some of you look at me today. Look up here. Some of you need to take your circumstance, your situation, your pain, your failure, 
And I, I want you to move on this today because I think God wants us to move. You, that, that this rock represents your heart and you need to know that you're in God's hands today. You're in God's hand. God spoke that to Josh. God spoke that to Allison. And God spoke that to these two ladies and it never talked. He said, I want the church to know I've got their heart. So as the prayer team comes, if you have a relational situation, a business situation, a depression, a discouragement, a healing that you need, a restoring that you need, that you need a breath from God, don't leave today. Come and be prayed for. I'm going to dismiss with prayer. The altar team is going to come. They'll line up. And as you see a place open, just go before him. They're ready to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word that's going to set people free today. Lord, we thank you that people are going to be healed. People are going to be restored. Lord, we thank you that the enemy is going to be chased out today. Lord, we thank you that people are going to be refreshed today. And Lord, we are a church that's ready. Everybody say to do. Say we're ready to do. Stand to your feet. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.